Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new episode of Speed Street. Uh, if you hear a different sound in your ears, it's because it's me, Connor Daly, uh, Joey Molinaro, our uh, incredible co-host, um, is being a dad, and he is uh, with his wife and child uh, doing Disney. So they were down in St. Pete uh, for the IndyCar race and uh, taking uh, taking some time to to do family stuff. So. Got to appreciate that. Love that. Um, and uh, it'll be me and uh, and Ben this week covering um, a a wide range of activities that uh, that took place um, over the weekend. Very exciting weekend. Opening weekend of the IndyCar season. Opening weekend of Formula One. Just another weekend in NASCAR. Uh, and yeah, pretty pretty wild weekend. Ben, uh, you were in Las Vegas for the NASCAR um experience uh first of all i see you're alive so that's important as you as you make it home from vegas you're a young you're a young person um but yeah how are we doing how was how was vegas uh what was the dirty mo experience like in in vegas i'm doing great uh it seems that i left part of my voice in vegas so we are working on recovering that um awesome experience though really fun weekend Went by really quick, but I think it was like perfect amount for being there. Got in there Saturday, left like Monday at like six in the morning. So got the full experience. Um, yes, yeah, so we had the Dirty Mo ultimate experience at the track. It was really fun. Everybody had a great time, gave out some swag, hung out with the door pump for clear guys. Jeff Glock even made an appearance uh, in the suites. We had the in-car race on. Everybody, a lot of people um, really into that, which was awesome. Had a lot of people said they're big fans of yours. Good and listening to Speed Street, so that was really cool. Um, yeah, man. So, so uh, we're just we're just ready to get back on the horse and uh, get grinding again back here in North Carolina. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I got a, I got a few messages on the on the internet's 
um, uh, about the uh, the the party that was going on out there in Las Vegas. I saw uh, some people tag me in some photographs and some things that uh, there was our logo was in the suite there wherever you guys had that deal. So that was very cool. Felt uh, very special to be a part of that group. Um, and a lot of a lot of great folks again in St. Pete that said they listen to the podcast. Uh, so again, we appreciate all those folks that 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 come up to us. I uh, tried to hand out some stickers. Um, I put them in uh, in our little autograph card box in St. Pete. I think they were quickly removed uh, for more autograph cards. I'm not sure. I, I even put a Speed Street logo on the Indy car on my Indy car uh, for the first great. practice session. Uh, and then it was quickly removed uh, after the practice session. <laughs> ah, <laughs> long story behind that, but um, you know, sometimes I uh, I guess I- I'm not allowed to support uh, my own efforts. So uh, it is what it is. We had one great session, and we got a couple photographs of the Speed Street um, of sticker on the car. Um, I was very frustrated at how the situation played out on why it was removed. Um, but these are above apparently my pay grade. So I will, I, as much as I love going into honesty mode on this podcast, we will not. And, uh, we will just say that, uh, the car still looked great. So we had one, one session with the podcast logo on there. And then I appreciate the folks that came by. If you can't tell as well, I also lost my voice over the weekend, uh, but it wasn't because of the motor race. It was because of the after party after the motor race on on Sunday in St. Petersburg. That's another story we're going to get into. Uh, we'd like to lay it out here first off. We don't have a guest this week because we just got a lot to dive into when it comes to St. Pete. I think a lot of people want to hear our reaction on, well, let's say the first lap accident. That was kind of crazy. Uh, the race in general, uh, getting wrecked by Kyle Kirkwood, friend of the show. Uh, no, I didn't punch him in the face yet, but we almost, well, we'll tell another story later. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of things to talk about. There was a formula one race, as we mentioned, TV ratings were released. Uh, that's a lot we want to talk about because obviously this show is a proponent of IndyCar racing and TV ratings going up. Um, and so we have a lot to discuss there. And then of course, uh, we have a, a random Indy 500 driver of the week at the end of the show as usual. So we'll get into it by going into St. Pete. Um, very great weekend, I would say, overall when it came to attendance. I thought the the hype was was great. I thought there was a ton of people there, uh, even on the Thursday. Like b- before there was even track activity, a few folks were walking around the paddock and uh, seemed like everyone was full of energy. Uh, just a good, good vibe. I mean, St. Pete, honestly, is always one of my favorite places to to, to race um, and it just makes sense to start the season. Everyone's happy down there. Everyone, no one has anything to be mad about yet because no one's raced. Um, so, you know, everyone seemed to be pretty pumped. Um, and, you know, difficult weekend for both Renus and I, basically, uh, in general, you know, we had some speed in practice. Um, but when it came to qualifying, it seemed like everyone else, and, and this happened to us a few times last year, just were able to find a little bit more. Uh, I know Renus, I guess, had a little bit of an issue with with traffic, um, but uh, realistically, you know, we ended up starting right right with each other in the back of the pack. You know what I mean? So, not what we needed. And and again, I, I really hope we can, you know, we can find a f- a few more tenths of seconds when it comes to the qualifying uh, stuff. 
because everyone seemed to jump up a lot and uh, and I still think we have a lot of work to do so hopefully we can do that but you know it, it just meant as a team Renus and I were going to go forward we were like hey man all right we we know that we think we have a good race car we I had fastest lap of the race in that race last year um and and yeah we we wanted to get into it starting 24 at the 26 what a what a fun situation um but yeah it was it was a crazy one. I mean, to get right into the race, because all the qualifying and practice stuff doesn't really matter, other than the fact that it was super hot. We could tell again, first race of the year to street course, it's hot, hot, way too hot in these Indy cars. Um, no one cares, but uh, and obviously only 27 of us will really know how hot it is, so I guess you have to take our word for it. Um, but uh, But yeah, start of the race, right out the gate. I think if you didn't see what happened, uh, you're probably living under a rock um, because it was a very large accident uh, right in turn three of St. Pete. Now, before we get into that turn specifically, let me tell you what we kind of all experienced before we even got there. A lot of cars were hitting the wall there. A lot of really good cars. I think Scott McLaughlin hit the wall there twice. Stingray Rob hit the wall there. Uh, it looked like Joseph Newgarden, I think, hit the wall there. Joseph Newgarden hit the wall in several places in the practices and qualifying. Um, a lot of people uh, making mistakes there because it was a different surface. So this year, turn three, in case you didn't know, it was a, it was a different surface, um, all the basically a new surface all the way to the middle of turn four. Uh, so there was a few different things there that were affecting us. And, and it was a challenge, I will say. And I, I don't really know why. I don't know if it was the paint on the circuit, but that's usually an easy flat-out corner for us, full throttle, uh, higher downforce, you know, fourth gear up to fifth, kind of trying to get to sixth before we get to turn four. Uh, and it also meant that the brake zone for turn four was a different surface. So a lot of people, including Benjamin Peterson, the first practice session, you know, poor guy went out there, tried to hit the brakes, probably were in the simulator you'd want to hit the brakes, probably were in video from last year you want to hit the brakes. But it was just slippery. And for some reason, the rear brakes were locking there a little bit easier than normal. So the track was a real challenge compared to, I would say, years prior. Um, they also changed turn nine a little bit, which I actually think I liked. Uh, they gave us a little bit more track to use near the apex. Um, but in general, it just became, uh, you know, a very, very challenging circuit. And so if there was anything that was going to happen in the race, a lot of people were thinking turn three is probably gonna probably gonna end up being the the culprit. But when I look back at the accident, right? Obviously, if you didn't see it, please go find the video. It's on my Instagram. It's on the internet. It's all over the place. But uh, it all actually started with with Scott Dixon and Felix Rosenquist, which I did not expect at all. Um, you know, a couple cars side by side. Scott Dixon basically wheel slaps Felix. Um, and puts him into the outside wall, kind of looking at turn three. And so as soon as you get kind of a an accordion effect in that type of a high-speed corner, you got to also remember that it's blind. That corner, you can't see what's around it until you get there. So very, very challenging um, turn in general. And when there's an accordion, you better hope you don't get collected by anyone else. And sure enough, the worst-case scenario happened uh, basically, Devlin got spun, someone else got into someone, and it just became a complete mess from then on. And and for me, my perspective, we got strung out pretty aggressively. I was following Pagano 
my best friend, of course. Uh, it was Renus, Pagano, and me into turn one, and then Benjamin Peterson behind me. Uh, and and obviously, starting at the back, it's sometimes hard to be side by side because the field gets so strung out. But we're just kind of all single car going into the turn three. And I see some dust has kicked up. I, I see moment by moment as I remember it. Um, I'm thinking if something's going to happen, just basically, I, I love sticking to the outside. I love the outside because there's space. I know there's walls eventually on both places, but for me, sticking to the outside is kind of my normal normal routine. Um, and it was chaos. I mean, we we get around there and there's dust flying because cars are going all over the place. I see Stingray and Renus go hard right. And there's just basically it, like pieces flying everywhere. And I'm trying to stay left, stay left, stay left. Because the first thing I see is, okay, the cars are going right. So when both cars are drifting right, I think it's Elio and Devlin. I'm like, I am just going to be able to squeeze by. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is calm. They're, the cars are just slowly moving to the right, and I'm barely, barely, barely just going to squeeze by here. I got really lucky that there was just enough space. And then I hear a sound and see something out of the corner of my eye. That was like nothing I've ever seen before in my life. I actually kind of compare it. It's it's funny. I kind of compare it to last year at St. Pete. I don't know if, if, if anyone was listening to the show around then last year, but there was a similar situation that happened in practice. Um with Roman Grosjean, we were all basically backing off in turn 10 to try to get a, a clean lap. It's a, it's a very difficult track to get clean space, 27 cars on a short track, less than a minute. And so there was a, a train of cars going about five miles an hour. Grosjean came around the corner, full throttle, essentially again, some up blind on the street course. And he barely tried to get the brakes locked up. And I pulled to the inside and he hit the car that was next to me. And I heard this sound of wing and rear attenuator crunching. That was just like, Bleh. oh my gosh, like that sucks. But this sound that Benjamin Peterson made when he hit Devlin's car and that car, Devlin's car, basically just disappeared from my view as I was still rolling by. I mean, I, I thought I felt the impact in my chest. Like it was crazy. I, I, I've never heard anything like that because again, we wear earplugs, our engines are loud or whatever, but the sound of two objects fairly large objects let's say 1600 pounds 1700 pound indy cars absolutely demolishing each other um is a wild sound to hear when you're literally like two feet from it so again i i, I talked to benjamin afterwards too and he's like oh i think i moved devlin out of the way for you i was like no i'm sorry but i was actually already clear <laughs> and you just happened to mow the rest of the field uh and, and poor benjamin i tell you what i i hate a form nice guy i had dinner with him on the uh on saturday or friday night i think um and or no thursday night i had dinner with him thursday night him and his family great people um but uh but just obviously not the way you want your first indycar race to go uh glad they were okay but like man when when i saw that and when i saw how many cars like you were kind of just driving down that straight, like, wow, there's the, there's the sick, there's Felix's car. Like he's broken. And then another car is broken and people are kind of limping around. Uh, and then immediately the red flag. I mean, you kind of assumed that that was, that was the case. Um, but it, it was a, it was a crazy scenario. And I, and I do think one strength that I've had in my career, I will say, I do believe is avoidance of some things. And it can either go great or it can't. Like, obviously, Texas a couple years ago, if you don't remember that race, 
Uh, I did a giant barrel roll at the start of the race because there was a huge accordion crash there. You know, slid upside down for a while. I was going through a hole there that I thought was clear, and then it wasn't. And so I, I told Benjamin the same thing afterwards. I was like, look, man, you definitely, I would say always, I would say keep your wits about you on a slightly more aggressive level as a rookie. Just be like, hey, some crazy stuff could happen because it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, but, you know, these things do happen. You, you, you sometimes will not have a place to go. And so that was just the first of many, many accidents during that race that just kind of were crazy. But Ben, did you, when, when, when people were watching, like, I don't know if you were watching live when this accident happened at the start, but what was, what were people, I mean, it, I assume you guys thought it was uh, a bit mad because they're basically cars launched into the air and it was, it was wild. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, so we, we got it up on the TV in the suite, like probably sometime during the red flag. When they showed the replay, I didn't, obviously I hadn't seen it yet. Obviously, we see the car take off, and I'm like, holy shit. And everybody <laughs> in the suite's like, what? I'm like, look up at the replay, and they showed a couple more times. And they're like, everybody's freaking out, obviously. And um, and then, of course, Mike's over there, and he's like, well, was Connor in it? And I was like, I don't know. And then the next thing was your replay of you cutting across all the debris and you sliding around and making it through. So everybody, <laughs> after that point, everybody was tuning into the race. They're like, this is insane. I'm like, I'm telling people, IndyCar, man good stuff so we uh we definitely i want to say so do you i mean with with how fast he was going did with benjamin did i didn't see a replay i don't know if he had an onboard camera did the hole just close up that much like it didn't really seem like he slowed down a ton from talking to him in your perspective like what 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 could he have even done i don't know i mean honestly i i have i have only seen my onboard of course i haven't actually watched the race at all so i don't know how much further back he was um so it was, it was and, delayed a good amount i would say and a lot of, yeah and some people were saying well you know if he didn't have a spotter i was like no he, he did have a spotter but you, you the spotter doesn't you can't really see it's a street course race like it's hard to see anything and it's so blind and it happens so fast um but I don't know what was going on there because again, a lot of us had slowed down. I was already down three gears and it seemed like he was doing double the speed I was doing. Uh Um, But again, it's such a blind corner that like, let's say he sees maybe us slowing down, but can't see the accident yet. He's probably thinking, Hey, I got a great run on these idiots. You know what I mean? So it's, it's something that as a driver, you want to take advantage of and you're trying to do something great, you know, on your first lap because it's hard to overtake. Uh, in these indie cars, um, but yeah, just just a bit of a, a a chaotic situation, and honestly, very expensive. I know there was a an article about uh, about how 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 costly that was for folks, but even poor Renus. I mean, Renus in his accident, I think he he tubbed a car for us as well. So that's a whole you know, that's a whole chassis in the bin uh, or Dude. a chassis that has to get repaired, um, which is uh, which is real tough for these teams. Um, 
but yeah, just a that it was a it was a crazy crazy accident. And then, you know, red flags. Red flags are tough for TV ratings. Obviously, we're gonna get, we'll get into TV ratings a little bit later, but red flags don't do great for us. Um, and you know, something that I will I will let everyone know kind of right out the gate, like that we were focusing on during that red flag is my cool shirt didn't work, and it's very very cold or very cold. I wish it was cold. Uh, it's very hot in the Indy cars. Um, it's I mean, in my opinion, it's too hot and nothing's ever been done about it. We have vents that are open and helmet, helmet fans. And a lot of people were, were tweeting me because IndyCar, IndyCar actually put out a video of my onboard, uh, of one of our pit stops after we got taken out by Kyle pouring water all over me and putting ice in my suit because it was a yellow flag, right? If I think, I hope people understood that we had enough time to do that. Um, but it, it, it the the cool shirt is something that you're so reliant on now that it is if you don't have it it's very concerning and and it because of how hot it is at these tracks and the helmet air hose it does nothing like i anything that's been done no one else can really know which is hard because again indycar tries their very hardest for safety we have this aero screen which everyone was happy about for the benjamin peterson crash because we saw this giant you know, tire mark on the windscreen. Well, this is people are not going to like this, but Halo would have saved him just as much. You know what I mean? Because the tire would still wouldn't have got there because you don't. The Halo stops it. Um, the windscreen arcs out more, so on. You know that tire mark was only there because the windscreen is there. Um, so again, I I know that we we love the 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 aero screen and. Uh, but but I, I I don't think we have to be in this system of like everyone has to like everything we do. Like we all are, are are entitled to our opinions about this stuff, and every person is different too in the series, right? Obviously, you see, you know, Mark. All these guys get out. Everyone seems okay. I mean, Marcus Erickson looks about as red as a tomato after the race because of how hot it is in the car, and like physically, it's it didn't deter me from doing my job. My last 10 laps of the race were just as quick as the top three in the field. Like, we're, you know, we're in a different spot. I'm dying in the car, but it's still, you know, it's still going to be, we're still competing. Um, but it makes it awful in there. I mean, and, and, and when you, and when I got spun by Kyle as well, no, no air, no air, no air, you can't breathe. Try basically like when you're already, your heart rate's at maximum and you're in a coffin essentially where there's no air movement. And it's a hundred degrees outside because there's no air because you're in a street circuit. It's, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's, I wish there was something that we could do now. Hopefully there is something, you know, if the cool shirt works, it is a little bit better. You know, we tried it in practice, but from lap one, I got in the car, the cool shirt just basically wouldn't plug in. There's a system that it's kind of pressurized and it shoots cold water. It's supposed to shoot cold water through all these little veins in your shirt. And that's kind of the way it cools your core temperature. Um, but my suit basically just didn't plug into the system and we still really have no idea why. Um, but it's really not a situation that I would want to ever have again. And then we have a drink bottle, right? Well, drink bottle didn't work either. So from lap one on, and you know, it ended up being close to, you know, two and a half hour race. Um, you know, we had no, no way to fight the heat. So that was a real challenge for us. But, um, but we, 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 we get into the race um, after the red flag, obviously we, we were hoping to be able to try to change cool shirts during that red flag, but that was not allowed, of course, because why let us do anything like that? Um, and 
you know, we get going, we're able to get off our green tires right away, the alternate tires. Now they're green instead of red. So if you hadn't noticed that, that's our soft tire. That's the tire that is, you know, a little bit quicker, but doesn't last as long. Um, and boy, did they go off like a, like a boat anchor dropping straight into the water this time. It was crazy to see, uh, you know, a lot of people made him work for a certain amount of time. Uh, but I remember Kyle Kirkwood catching him on the first stint and, um, and he was really struggling with those reds uh, or the green tires, uh, at the end of his stint. So that's what makes IndyCar racing kind of fun with the strategy, strategy system. Uh, you know, we started on the green tires. We were able to pit right after the red flag to get on the black tires and it basically ended up being a charge through with with Joseph Newgarden, my teammate Renus, and me. Um, and we were coming through. And I said, look, hey, Joseph's back here too. Well, that means we got to do whatever he's doing because I'm sure he's going to end up there at some point. And uh, we started working our way through a little bit past uh, one of the Yunkos cars, started getting in the right spot. Uh, once we got past uh, Angus Jalapeno uh, or Augustine Canapino, or well, I, I just call him Angus Jalapeno. I think it's a fun thing to call him. Uh, cool name. Honestly, that guy was doing a great job over the weekend, too. Shout out to him. Uh, rookie who I uh, did not know a single thing about, and I don't think many of us knew of anything about. But uh, that Yukos team is doing a great job providing them cars to compete. Um, but uh, he was doing a great job. But again, we were able to take advantage of some of those rookie difficulties because when these tires go off and when the car gets, you know, the tires get a little bit older, it's it's much, much harder to drive. And uh, and we were able to take advantage of that. And we made up a huge, both Joseph, Renus, and I basically drove all the way back to catch up to the rest of the field um, before everyone else started pitting. And we were kind of on the right strategy. It looked like everything was going well, but uh, things things were kind of going the right way for us. Again, I haven't watched the race yet, so I don't know what else is going on, but I know that, you know, passing Kirkwood and Kirkwood started up front, passing a couple different cars in the pits, kind of we knew where we were going to go um, and where we came out of the pits. So here, here's an issue that I don't think anyone really saw, um, but this is right before about I got, I got, I got wrecked by Kyle. Um, but if everyone saw what happened to Pato at the end of the race, that was a- I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, Pato obviously easily leading the race. And then all of a sudden it seems like he fell on his face and got easily passed in the straight by, by Marcus Erickson. Um, so with these current engines, right there, there are both Chevy and Honda done a great job extracting about as much as we can out of this, but we're always trying to extract more, right? Like we always want to find more power. We always want to find better drivability. Um, and so. I don't know. And obviously there's a new fuel this year as well. Obviously hundred percent renewable shell loves us to talk about that. Very excited about that, but it is a new element to the, to the engine package this year. Um, and so I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but, uh, as we heard on the, uh, you know, on Pato's radio is a, it was a plenum event and a plenum event basically means that you're trying to get on power and it's basically, it's almost like an overboost. A lot of us usually, Back in the day when these when these engines were, uh, you know, fresh on the scene, a lot of people talked about random overboost at time, and it kind of sounded like you'd hit a rev limiter. Um, but it basically just kind of stops you in your tracks until you either fully left off the throttle or or everything kind of gets going again. And so I, I had the, that exact same thing that happened to Pato, just leaving the pits. And it's usually under acceleration. So out of hit, for him, it happened first, basically first to second year, I would assume, or second to third year. Uh, out of the last corner for me it happened you know first to second year uh once i get into second gear leaving the pits and that cost us 
a huge amount of time. Costs us maybe two to three seconds uh, because I'm just sitting there like, uh, you have no power. And you're, well, you, you, it's basically kind of like, do I just keep my foot in it? Do I lift off? You don't want to lift off. Because it's all very split second decisions. And again, no one's fault. These things happen in motorsport, engines, the cars, everything. There's This is a tough game. Um, so we had the kind of the same issue that happened to Pato, um, but it, it, it put us in a bad position. So going through turn four, instead of being well ahead of Jack Harvey, uh, Jack Harvey was able to get underneath me and push, get, get me into the marbles, uh, in turn four, uh, which was, which was a horrible, horrible situation because our car in the marbles, well, any car in the marbles just was awful and on cold tires. I mean, it's drastically much harder to drive and worse than, than, uh, than, than, you know, when the tires get warm. And so going into turn nine on that same outlap, Kyle Kirkwood, a friend of the show, apparently, um, you know, tries to go underneath us and basically just flat out drop kicks us and boom, we spin. Uh, try to get it going again, but it's it's just the, that whole situation trying to spin around. You can't see who's coming. Uh, car stalls because it's so hard to get these things rolling when the tires are hot. Um, and, and so then I was like, well, our race is over, right? That's annoying. Just hated it because we were in a decent spot. Even after that issue with the engine, um, you know, we were, we still would have been in, a, in with a fighting chance. Um, but just a, a, a really, really annoying situation to have happen to us. We got spun around. That was at the, that was the moment too, where I, again, I apparently, some, some people saw it on the onboard cameras. I'm not sure if you were watching during that time or not, but like, I was dying in the car at that point because when you when the air stops moving completely and no one's there with a fan or anything and you're waiting there to be spun around, it was so odd. I was like, I, I'm about to hyperventilate in this thing. Like, this is awful. Um, and I, again, this has never been a situation in any other racing car, any other generation of the Indy car that's been you know difficult. But yeah, we got going again and it was like, all right, well, we got some time under this yellow. We're going to put some ice bags in my body and uh, and dump a bunch of water on me. So the team did a great job putting ice bags in me and and uh, and got us going again. Um, and then it was kind of just what, waiting for crazy stuff to happen again. We, we The car was quick. Uh, we watched a bunch of other people crash. Sadly, my teammate Renus got in a crash. Kyle Kirkwood then drove over another person uh, involuntarily, basically monster trucked over another car. I mean, Ben, did you, could you believe what you saw there? I mean... You literally had there was an Indy car that ramped over another Indy car. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, that was wild. Two cars flying through the race, which was, I mean, <laughs> what spot on the car do you have to hit for it to and like get enough <laughs> speed to even topple over and it lands on its front and, and kind of keeps going? Not really, but like I, I have no <laughs> idea. But I, when I saw the because like obviously when we come around. And we see it's yellow, yellow, turn four. You're like, okay, cool. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Not cool, but like, all right, we'll see what happens. So what's going on here? I see my teammate's car, and I'm like, oh, that sucks. And then you see a bunch of other people just kind of scattered out there. I'm like, man, this looks like quite a situation. And then you see Kyle like halfway around the corner. Like, well, first of all, I was like, haha, tough luck, loser, because you took me out, you snake. That's what you karma. get. Yeah, karma is a real, real son of gun, isn't it? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was crazy to see. And then afterwards, obviously looking at the crash, I was like, wow, that Kyle kept going. Like I, I had no idea yeah, that he yeah. kept going, like literally jumped the car and then kept going. That's how tough these Indy cars are. I mean, it's insane. Um, 
but yeah, that was a wild cleanup. Uh, again, kind of got ourselves into a, you know, an odd position where now it's just survive. Cause again, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. The cars are getting harder and harder to drive on restarts because the tires cool down and they get super slick offline. The marbles are disgusting and awful and they create a complete chaos. Um, and so, you know, again, we had another situation later on where there was another yellow, right? You had Scott McLaughlin and Roman Grosjean hit each other. I, I think that was after that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened first, but it was either or two accidents happened. Doesn't matter think, yeah, what. Yeah, I think order. that was second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Scott McLaughlin and Roman Grosjean thing is is wild, right? I, I actually love it for our series because again, you had two guys not willing to give up anything, and guess what? That's what happens in motorsport. I, I talked to Scott and party with Scott after the race. I didn't I didn't see my French friend Mr. Grosjean, but uh, I, I Scott was like, "What did you think?" I said, "Honestly, man." That's just two good hard racing drivers right there. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, you had two guys that weren't willing to let up, and guess what? You're in the wall. I'm sorry, but right. that's going to happen on street courses. If that was a road course, they both fly off into the grass, and they come back, and they're fine. But, like, it's it's just something that I think you, you see how difficult and how competitive it is in this series right now, and that's just that's going to happen. And you hate to see it, um, but, yeah, I mean, Scott didn't want to give it up. Grosjean didn't want to give it up. Um, and you know, again, attrition, a bit of attrition in this race. Um, but yeah, pretty wild to see that happen. I love, I, and here's the funniest part, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with everyone. I, I, my, my radio communication, they said yellow, yellow, yellow turn four. And Tim on my radio, he's kind of chuckling to himself. He's like, the leaders just took each other out. And I was like, Literally, I could tell he was laughing as if I was like, as if it was like a holy crap, we couldn't believe what just happened. But that was it. And I, and I drive by and I see the two cars in the wall and I'm like, oh man. And I kid you not, I literally see Grosjean's hands giving Scott McLaughlin the finger. Like I, I see it from my own car and I'm seeing the fingers being displayed and I'm like, Fantastic for the marketing Love side of IndyCar. Like I hope we use this hard. I mean, I'm yeah. The doc thinking you need to sell up. this on a poster. You need to sell this in a in a trailer of some sort. I mean, great for business, right? So yeah. obviously they didn't fist fight, which I, I that was what I was hoping for next is to come by the next lap and get a bunch of people you know restraining them, put them in handcuffs or something because they were pushing each other, fighting. But um, he did but scream that, into that a didn't tire happen. at the very least, and then I think he they all kind of walked their separate ways. Yes, apparently there was a tire screaming session, which is, yeah. you know, hey, the guy, the guy, you got to get it out. You got to get it out. This is hard. IndyCar racing is hard. Trying to win this stuff is hard. And like when you have something go wrong like that, you don't know when you're going to get that chance again because it's, this is such a difficult game we're playing right now. Um, but yeah, wild day uh, going on from there, really. It just became a fight for us. You know, we actually ended up getting a lap back. We were two laps down and then we got a lap back and, you know, pushed all the way to the end. We actually, you know, the last 15 laps for us after the, after the final restart were just as quick as the leaders. You know, I think we lost, when I came out of the pits and we did the restart, we were like eight seconds behind and I finished like seven or eight seconds in front of the leaders and we finished like seven seconds. So we did, we did a lot of great, you know, our, our car was quick in the race, which is a shame we didn't get a chance to show it. Uh, we made up some positions in the end, you know, got by Stingray Rob at the end of there, uh, which was, you know, every position's important. And we finished in the top 15, which is honestly for us finishing 14th there. It doesn't sound great, but boy, you got to think of how many cars are in this series now, how much, how good everyone is. And yes, there was a lot of attrition, 
but still cars are running at the end, still cars with a couple laps down, still cars that you're fighting for, fighting for positions with. Um, and finishing 14th was a, was a solid day for us after being spun out, being wrecked, um, just crazy. So wild to see what happened with, with Pato as well at the end. I mean, that is a devastating blow. Uh, Marcus Erickson winning. Uh, he seems to be on the right side of history in every possible way. Um, but you got to be there to take advantage of it. So good for him. Scott Dixon, no idea how he ends up on the podium, but he's on the podium again, of course. Uh, which is which is fine. That's just normal for Scott Dixon. <laughs> ah, but uh, but then then Callum Eilat had a had a huge day as well, biggest mover of the race. Uh, which is a shame because like we were right behind him at one point. So I was like, man, maybe we could have finished in the top five, top six. Um, but uh, but yeah, crazy day. We had drivers in the hospital. You had Jack Harvey going to the hospital for wrist stuff. You had Benjamin Peterson getting checked out. Um, it was just was it Elio that was limping from the car. That yeah, apparently I Elio first was wreck, limping. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look good. Hey, I hope he's doing good. Wrecking hurts. I'm not gonna lie. It doesn't matter where you are. But if you hit a if you hit a concrete wall, if you hit another car at a high rate of speed, it is crazy. So pretty wild for those guys. Um, and just in, in general. But again, I was hoping that that situation, that race, it seemed to have a bit of everything, and you, you would have hoped that that would have created you know good TV ratings, some something exciting to to watch for. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, getting into that next, uh, is important because I, I, I will, I do. And I, I can't wait to talk about the, uh, after party, uh, which again, I hope, I know that none of my competitors listen to this show, uh, so they won't mind, but, uh, I know that I, I, we, we all know if you're listening to this show, you like to get the, the, you know, the, the, the dirty details, the, the things that, um, the things that you won't hear unless you listen to this program. Uh, and so that's what I'm going to give you. But, Ben, I don't know if you have the Adam Stern tweet up about the, uh, the ratings, yeah. but you can give us the official reading of the motorsport ratings from the weekend just so we get an idea of of the top three events that were going on. Sure. So NASCAR uh, dominated the weekend pretty good. They had 3.99 million viewers uh, for the Las Vegas race, down from 4.5 from last year. Uh, F1 pretty Similar from last year, 1.3 million down slightly from 1.35, 1.31. I guess they got this last weekend. And then IndyCar just above a million with 1.1, and they're down 1.4 million. Uh, both those three series were on their networks, like top uh, cable provider channel, I guess. So, um, I mean, what do you what do you make of it? Because I mean, it, obviously, and even looking back at like the past couple of years in sports in general, it seems like TV consumption is down. That was something they were really adamant about in the, with the five hundred, the Daytona five hundred TV ratings. So, what's your take on this? Is it like if everybody's down, are you okay with it, or are you still hungry for more? Well, I think so. As we talked in the episode last week, I think they were just really releasing the the new commercial for. 
for IndyCar and, and what they were playing. And, and I guess, you know, they, they release it closer to the weekend because we were told that they were going to be advertising the full week before. Um, and I guess advertising apparently closer to the weekend does more for viewers. And I guess we use, you know, we use studies and, and things of that nature to, uh, you know, agencies that, that help do, do research like this on when we need to buy ads. Um, and so that's okay. But, and, and honestly, the, the ads also were targeted in certain markets. So I, I think we, we really have to dive into the TV ratings from market to market because if the ad buys that we did buy, because I want to give credit to the, to the, to the ad program because I think it was a great commercial. It, it was very exciting. Scott McLaughlin, great actor, cool voice. You always use people with cool voices because it sounds cool. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was something that, um, I, I'd, I'd like to do more research on. I don't have what markets were improved. I actually, I only remember seeing a tweet about um, about which markets were being targeted uh, as I was kind of scrolling. So again, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I guess since everyone was down, it's it's okay to be like less upset about it. Um, but but the the most concerning point is the fact that people are waking up early to watch f1 and not us right because i get i i would almost guarantee like 60 percent of that f1 audience 1.3 million or whatever it was they're not watching it they're, they're, they're not watching indycar so again we have another i i would say we have another half a million folks or or at least a, a huge number that are watching open wheel racing and again the f1 race i mean what part of that was exciting i mean i didn't watch it at all because I heard it wasn't a race. And I mean, Red Bull are winning these races by 100 miles. I saw a bunch of radio communication from the Red Bull team saying that they basically were just following each other around the whole race. I mean, the only thing that was cool for me was that Fernando Alonso finished third. Exactly. Love that. Yeah. Great yeah. story. That's Absolutely. fantastic. But like, other than that, you're not watching a race for the win. So I, yeah. so it's still it's still watching it for the for the hype factor. For the factor of like we think it's cool because it is cool um and again i i, I never want to take away Formula one because I, I think as a series i'm just jealous of the of the attention they get because i love the drivers there i think they're great people uh a lot of friends of mine i love the fact that the series is doing well my dad was a formula one driver so we got a lot of you know love for the formula one world in our family um but i just want to understand how we can get more of those viewers to watch our series because I think we have a lot of great drivers in our series. We have a great racing product. I think we have a lot more overtaking. We have a lot of just fighting for the win rather than, well, we're going to see who finishes in the points. Um, but so, yeah. So anyway, the, the, the viewership there again, NASCAR is still so strong, e even if they're down a little bit, I still don't think that matters much because when you look at how many people are actually watching TVs in general now, it is a lesser number. Um, but that's still such a powerful, powerful one. So here's another little nugget as well when you talk about IndyCar, F1, that type of thing. Because again, being third on that list is, is I think, very, very concerning for our sport. And we need to really be paying attention to that. We need to be ahead of F1 in ratings because, that I mean, this is our home turf. I mean, this is... They're going to have three races that are going to be crazy popular here in the U.S. But, like, this is our turf. And we need to be able to be confidently ahead of them in ratings per weekend. Um, 
And I and I really hope that we do get there. But w- one thing that I think IndyCar did a great job in, and and again, I will read some some data that we were actually sent, um, which I think is great. But the social media stuff, and Ben, I, you can comment on this from someone who is who is viewing it. But I thought IndyCar did a great job on social media. I thought there was a lot more content. I thought they put a lot more out there. I thought they did a great job during the race and after the race on 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 social media stuff. Um, just general activity, I think, was uh, was positive. Uh, apparently, there was a social media user engagements were lifted seventy one percent across the weekend, which is great. Um, and then video views on the IndyCar social accounts were up apparently eighty nine percent. Wow, year over year. So that's that's big. Um, so that there's a lot there that I think is 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 positive. Like we we can use that for sure. But at the end of the day, those TV numbers are still used, and those TV numbers are still really important. So you know we have to figure out okay, if those markets didn't do better, do we need to go more aggressively in those markets where our TV ads ran, or do we need to go? I don't know, more of a full countrywide blast. I, I'm not sure, but there still is something that we're missing. We're still not, because again, it, it, as as someone who pays attention to the internet, in my areas, the ads were not run because obviously we don't need to focus on the Indiana region for IndyCar ads, but also in Florida, like I didn't see anything there in, in Tampa either. And uh, maybe that's not the focus, right? So I still don't think I was saturated with with ads on hey there's going to be a Formula One race or there's going to be an IndyCar race this weekend. See, look, I'm already a victim of, of Formula One ads because what I what I thought as well, and I'm not sure if anyone else noticed this, man. I'm not sure if you noticed this either because you're you're heavy into NASCAR land. But I, I was perusing the TikToks, I was perusing the Instagrams, you know, as I do on a daily basis. And as we got close to the weekend, I keep scrolling. You know how they have these suggested posts. Yeah, you know TikToks for you page. It was basically just a bunch of F one talk shows and podcasts that I had never heard of that were being suggested for me that were talking about the F one races weekend. I'm like, why are these all of a sudden like being suggested to me? Like, I know I'm a race car driver, but this is a co- completely different. I don't know who any of these people are. I, I frankly I didn't care. I was like, I mean, I love great Lebron F one's here, but like there must be even some deeper targeted marketing that we're that we're not using that I was. You know, I'm literally IndyCar everything on all my social accounts, and boom, I was being hammered with F1. So I don't know if they're going, if F1 is targeting deep into our fan base or what. Um, but did you happen to notice any of that as well, or was it just crazy I, me? I general, like in general, I get a good amount of F1, like random dudes that do podcasts in general. So um, that wasn't really a change, even like. I think a lot of it goes based off of where your location is because I noticed even when I was in Vegas and if I was on TikTok, I was getting like Vegas travelers or like more casino ads and like hotel stuff. So even actually, so when I was in Vegas, I'm sure people have noticed it if they've gone there recently, there's like three or four video boards on the strip that are promoting that like the F1 Vegas race. Like they're showing like their renderings and a graphic. I mean, I think it played on like every two to three two to five minutes or so. Like when, when we were having dinner at the Bellagio, we were looking across. And I mean, that thing was just going oh, yeah. the whole time, which was super cool. And I can't even imagine what that scene's going to look like now going in there. But uh, yeah, I think in general, like 
even like NASCAR too, like I'll, I'll see like the paid content things where clearly they're buying ads on TikTok. Oh, yes. I don't know if IndyCar does that, but like that's something they absolutely have to do because if you want people, if you want quick reactions and you want immediate demographics and young people, like you have to buy those short TikTok ads. Exactly. And I, and I think that's so important. But again, one step at a time, I would say, I, I, tr- to be positive about this, I would say I, I enjoyed the fact that we were very close to F1. I would say that it was, you know, there was some sort of weird graphic that, you know, it was the first year that, you know, we bo- we got a mil- over a million viewers or whatever, two years in a row uh, for the opener. So that's good. But I, this is a moment that, that was kind of scary for me. Uh, so Saturday morning, we, we walk to the track every morning in St. Pete. Uh, and Ben, I haven't told you this yet either, but imagine, imagine this type of scenario, right? We walk to the track and it's about, a, it's about a mile walk. It's a long way. Um, but you kind of walk by, you know, St. Pete is an amazing city. Love the city of St. Pete. Uh, love everyone there. Um, they have a bar in, in St. Pete that we walk by on the way to the track sometimes, depending on which way you go, called Park and Rec. And Park and Rec is a very, very popular young people bar. Like it's, you know, it's, they've got the, uh, Toss the the toss the hacky sacks at the whatever. What do you call that game? Cornhole. We call it cornhole. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for, I forgot this game the other day, but I didn't go to college, so I, I didn't I didn't <laughs> get to play any of these games. Uh, but they, you know, they, they should know. Well, I know. I feel dumb for not knowing what cornhole. I forgetting the name of cornhole because I actually am an average cornhole player myself. But we they had you know they had the cornhole out there, very outdoor bar area. You know, little DJ space inside, but it's it's just one of those bars for the youth that you you enjoy going to and I've been to many times after that after that race with my friends um and so we're walking by this bar and again the outdoor setup is awesome you know like kind of two turf small little turf fields for the gameplay stuff like that there's a Red Bull F1 car in the turf grass field and I'm like like a like a legit Red Bull F1 show car wow. like this thing is it's not some like lego piece together program it's not some you know a lot of the indycar show cars sometimes that we find in different places are from like you know 1999 old the chassis but like this looks legit and i look over at it and this whole place has been rebranded as the red bull fan zone st pete i'm like oh cool well this clearly isn't for the indycar event and i happen to be walking by as someone else a random person was asking the guy Hey, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, "Oh, we're having an F one watch party on Sunday." And I was like, "Wow!" Oh, I was like, "Oh no!" And I was walking with my girlfriend Amy, and I was like, "Can you imagine going to, let's say, any major sporting event? Right? Let's say you're going to the uh, the Super Bowl, and right outside the Super Bowl, they're organizing a giant." Uh, party to watch the most the next nba game or like the the next i don't know i mean nothing competes with football so maybe this is a bad comparison but i don't know anything that you're like nascar okay let's say nascar had an event set up and it's a great event like the chicago street race that they're gonna do and right outside you had an f1 car set up at a bar yeah that's like great for potentially all your people to hang out at all your fans to hang out at there being a formula one car there i mean it's like I I was just I was blown away, and I, I don't know if this is like deep dive conspiracy F one getting you know getting to the oh we're gonna take every IndyCar fan possible, but like it 
it was very concerning. If if I were an event promoter, I would have gone there right then and been like, you guys got to get out of here. I don't care what it costs, but you're actually watching the IndyCar race on Sunday. I don't care. I, I mean, because first of all, I guarantee that after the F1 race, because the F1 race is in the morning, they didn't put on the IndyCar race. I, I almost I almost guarantee you right, yeah, that they didn't yeah. put on the IndyCar race afterwards. And and something like that is is ultimately the biggest concern that I got from the weekend because you are in a town of a major sporting event. Like IndyCar is not small. I'm sorry. We're not a we're not a club sport. We're not it's not like I, I think that honestly we're bigger than the MLS, right? But like MLS is 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 you know major soccer teams, groups. It's not FIFA, though. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the right. World Cup. It's not that. But like we're, we're like we are not small time. So I, I don't think dude, that was just wild for me to see. Um, and 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 it's something that we have to be careful of. It's something that we have to be concerned about. I'd say if we went to Long Beach, California. And if, if you got to the, I don't know, there's a Hooters right there next to the track. There's a PF Chang's. There's there's a couple other nice bars. Uh, there's bars there. If they somehow set up a Red Bull F1 viewing party there too, I'd say we need to be we need to be ready to throw hands, like because this is this is just crazy, and it, it, it was just something that I was like, okay, all right, we need to work harder. You know what I mean? Like we need to we need to keep pushing. Um, but uh, but yeah, crazy weekend when it comes to analyzing how that all works. And honestly, if you actually if you saw this IndyCar ad that was out, please tell us. Like, I actually wanted to tweet this. Like, hey, if you saw the IndyCar ad, like, tell us where you saw it and what channel you saw it on. Because like, I would actually love to know that. So if you're a listener of this show, please let us know at any time. Doesn't matter if it's today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever it is. Anytime you listen, if you happen to see the ad. Doesn't matter if it was at a bar, on your own TV, if you're watching a YouTube streamer, whatever it is. Because, like, I watch a lot of YouTube streaming, watch a lot of Twitch streamers. There's a lot of ads for that every day. If you happen to see the ad, like, please let me know where you saw it. And, like, if you're like, hey, that's cool. Because, like, I just want to know if it actually made an impact, if there was if there was something that was, hey, this is where we were, this is where we saw it. Um, so please let us know about that. I, I actually, I would be very curious to to, to hear about that. Probably the only time anybody is going to be asking to see an ad other than like a Super Bowl ad. So yeah, exactly. Good on you. <laughs> this is market research. Market right, research. Right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we, we have a few other things that we can get into here as well. Um, we, uh, we, we had a great weekend when it comes to the race. Um, a couple small things. Uh, I should probably get to the after party. Look, there's... St. Pete is known for having a great after race, um, after race scene. Uh, a lot of my friends are there. A lot of the drivers hang out. Uh, and I, again, I cannot dive too deep into this because I don't know if I want to be trusted to be back at these parties. But um, we ended up on a yacht, and there's because there are yachts in the in the scene of St. Pete, right? We have the the race is right on the water. Roger has his boat there. Uh, Dan, the Gamebridge, you know, 
there at Andretti Group. Uh, Dan, a great guy there, has his boat there. Uh, Jacob Abel, Indy Lights guy, great Indy Lights weekend for Jacob Abel. Indy Lights in general, uh, someone told us to give that a shout out. Indy NXT, whatever it's called now. I hate that it's called Indy NXT. I'm not going to lie. It's Indy Lights, and I, I wish I could still call it that. But Indy NXT, uh, Indy Next, great race for those guys. I thought that was cool to see. Uh, so many more cars on the grid. Jacob Abel had a great, great weekend. His family invited us on their yacht out there. They had a yacht out there. Uh, so just quite an evening, quite a Sunday afternoon. Me and my girlfriend, we had uh, uh, Scott McLaughlin was there, Joseph Newgarden, their wives, uh, and, and Kyle Kirkwood came there as well. And let me tell you, Kyle Kirkwood, he sent me a text. He sent me a text after the race. He said, sorry, bud. And again, that sounds like a, that sounds sarcastic. Sorry, bud, sounds like, hey, no, first of all, he's 22 years old. He can't call me bud. Like, I'm 31. Like, that's absurd. Then anytime you throw out buddy, pal, buckaroo, that's, that's fine. Pal, yeah, bud. Sport, like, you know, just not good. Sorry, bud. Um, But Kyle was there, obviously. And, uh, and Kyle, it's very funny. He's a friend of the show. I was only allowed to hate Kyle until midnight Sunday night because I, I said I, I like Kyle. I think he's a good driver, uh, and I was very upset. He actually asked my girlfriend. Uh, he, he saw her before me. He said, "Hey, is he? How mad is he? Like, is he really mad? Like, is he okay?" And my lady was like, "Well, he's certainly not happy with you, but I think I think he likes you. I think it'll be okay." So Kyle and I, uh, I saw him and I said, "Kyle, you're an idiot," and I said. I don't, I don't like you, but I, but by the time we get to midnight, I will reaccept you as a friend. And so he said, "Okay, I get it. That's fine." And so, uh, very, and obviously, it was a little bit of a jovial manner that we said that. But uh, great. I will not go into details about this night at all. But I, I would like to let the people know at least that it was a top three celebration after a race of all time, and we didn't even have the really? race winner there, like. It was all drivers who had rough days. There was actually not one successful driver there. That's I don't almost think the secret recipe. Yeah, because Colton was there, he crashed. Joseph was there, he caught on fire. Kyle crashed. I got spun by Kyle. Scott McLaughlin was there, he crashed. Everyone was there that basically crashed. Um, and it was one of the the nicest. I mean, I lost my voice from singing. We were singing bangers all like they're just bangers only, just huge songs. On a yacht, um, I, I saw. I don't know what I can say without being without being uh, gotten gotten in trouble. But uh, I mean, just let's just say that if the CW IndyCar show was there, they would have had a field day with some of the the product. And I actually texted the director of the show. I said, "Man, you guys wouldn't happen to be able to make it over to a yacht party, would you?" And he he immediately said, "No, he's back in New York." But he's like, "Man, I can't believe I missed that." Uh, Spencer Piggott was there as well, former IndyCar driver, great oh, nice. dude. Yeah, um, and it it was something that you can, as a fan, you should be proud of the way that we were celebrating motor racing, and it felt it's it was sad that we were the third most watched motor racing event that weekend because it felt like we were in F one. We were on a yacht. There was a racetrack right there. We were in the city. It felt fantastic. You know, Scott McLaughlin was DJing on an iPad, and I was, you know, me and Joseph were singing songs. Uh, you know, we it was it was something that 
Um, you know, Hinch was there. James Hinchcliffe was there too. Just, you know, a great group of humans uh, doing great things. All the drivers and their wives or girlfriends. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I, I lost my voice. And at midnight, Kyle and I shook hands and we embraced as friends. Uh, he was in swim trunks. I was not. Uh, I had I had regular pants on because I thought we were going to go out into the into the bar scene that night, but that was it. Yacht party. Uh, I got to see Joseph. Let's say consume a ice cold water uh, out of a funnel. Um, water in parentheses. Right. Uh, I never thought I'd right. see that, but really proud of him for doing that. Uh, and yeah, maybe someday you'll see photos surface of that evening. But one of the greatest nights of all time. So yeah, St. Pete, great, great situation. So IndyCar drivers are not too poor to go on yachts and party and have a good time. So well, you just, look, you it's just not our the yacht. On that. I mean, it's right. not our yacht. It's, yeah, still, it's, still, it's, still it's, you got invited on a yacht. That's big. That's yeah, big. It was a great yacht. They're very friendly yeah. people. Dan and Cassidy, great people that uh, were able to host us. Thanks to Colton. Obviously, Colton, that's his, uh, you know, his sponsor. And Drenny Partial, you know, they own part of that team. So that's, you know, that's important. Uh, we were basically just, it was, we were all conducting business. So it was a, it was a business, it was a business boat trip. We'll call it a business boat trip. Uh, you can say that anytime you go on a boat and talk about business, which is what we did. Of course. Of course. So very excited to have done that and be able to share that with you. I could share you uh, some other details, but you know what? Maybe you'll just have to ask me in real life if you happen to see us. So cool. Well, I'll be invited if you guys are doing it again, if I'm there, I'm well, Ben, you know, uh, you would have been invited because hopefully you. you would have been Thank there you. with us. Um, and these are some other random notes that we can get into. Uh, the NASCAR race, Chase Elliott has a broken leg. Uh, that's crazy. Um, but I saw a lot of, and I heard Denny, I listened to Denny Hamlin's podcast. If you don't listen to Denny Hamlin's podcast, please do. It's also a Dirty Mo Media product. Denny Hamlin has some great things to say about motorsport and his his racing over there in the NASCAR scene. Um but you can't take away drivers' lives, right? Like in a lot of our contracts, I will give people a background. We do have activities that we are limited from doing. Uh, I remember in my Andretti contract that I had uh, when I did the two races with them, there was things in there that like, hey, you can't do, you know, some crazy stuff like this, that, or whatever. Um, but like, we're all people too. You know what I mean? Like, I love snowboarding. I I went snowboarding beginning of last year, like in around actually like in April of last year. Um, I, I mean, I, I think anything can happen. Uh, I mean, we saw with Lance Stroll, right? The guy's cycling, boom, breaks his wrist before the first F1 race. Like life is life in general. You never know what could happen. So I think it's something that you can't judge him ever for, because I would never want to be judged for something like that. Like, look, you're just trying to have a nice time. You, you can't always be locked in and live in a bubble and just be like, I'm going to work out in this situation and I'm going to go to the track and I'm not going to do anything else. Like this is life. We're all people too. Um, but you hate to see that for him. Uh, hate to see that for Chase. I know Chase. You know, he's a good dude. Uh, he was great to me at Daytona. Nice to me and, and, and interacting there. We were dirt teammates. No big deal. But uh, just a crazy scenario. And, and sadly, I didn't get to watch much of the racing at all. Uh, I obviously saw the Xfinity finish. I saw Kyle Busch dominate the truck race uh, and then saw the end of the cup race. Byron, apparently, you know, Denny Hamlin said there was no way the 24 wasn't going to win that race, apparently. Um, so yeah, crazy thing, but yeah, Chase, Chase, uh, not Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott was the, uh, crazy news of the, of the last week. Uh, and we already talked about F1 being boring. Um, but I wanted to get into something that's kind of funny. This is really random, random fun facts of the podcast. 
But uh, we have a friend of the show who has not been on the show yet, who I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. Actor, his name is My- Milo Ventimiglia. And if you if you know Milo, he's been in many shows, many movies. Um, he's been in uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain, if you watch One of that movie. Movies. Yes, great, absolutely. Great film. Uh, Milo is current. He was on This Is Us, great NBC show, uh, big, big show. Uh, and now he's in it. He's, he's, he's got his own show on ABC called The Company You Keep. And he actually couldn't do this show because he was filming that show. Um, but they actually, they, Milo tweeted something. And this was, it was funny because it was race day Sunday. And I was like, I was going through all the social comments on the crash. And I happened to discover like what he tweeted about his show, episode three of The Company You Keep. Uh, it's on ABC, like it's an ABC show, which is crazy. And uh, they named a character that was in episode three, Connor, after me. He said, after IndyCar driver, oh, wow. Connor Daly. So Did spell it right. Spelled Connor, C-O-N-O-R. Good, uh, good. Act, the actor who's playing Connor is Barry Sloan. Uh, so I was like, hey, you know what? If you if anyone watches the company you keep and you notice there's a Connor there, that's apparently me. So I, I don't no know if this deal. guy's a good no guy. No big deal. Or if he's <laughs> a bad guy, but we appreciate that. I hope to get Milo on this show at some point. So we can talk about uh, how he came up with this character. I hope he comes to the Long Beach race as well. Maybe we can have get a quick interview with him there. Um, but that was kind of funny. And uh, and also we'd like to get to the uh, random um, internet hater of the week sec- section of the podcast, which has not been a not been a really uh, real section. But sometimes when people start throwing shade at you, it's just funny, right? And a lot of people don't like me. I understand that. I com- I completely get it. I even actually, I was barely walking after the race because I was so physically destroyed, and I and I couldn't tell what this what this one kid was saying to me in the stands in St. Pete. I don't know if he was just drunk or like if he was saying. He literally looked at me as I'm like hobbling because I'm like wrapped in an ice vest and I'm trying to get back to the paddock. And he's like, "Boo, car!" But I I don't know. He was pointing at me like I don't know if he thought like my car was slow or like or like he was sad that we got spun. I I I didn't actually know. But my mind was so in a fuzz that I was like, I don't know what that guy was saying, but he looked at me twice and he and he booed. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to keep on walking. So I huh. found a very funny comment on, on Instagram um, from this account that basically uh, was upset that there was a lot of things that had been posted about me, right? <clears throat> and so I uh, I went into this comment and... It was very funny because it was all caps, right? So you know people are typing things all caps. They're very angry or they're trying to be very angry. And the comment was like, why Why is there always videos of Connor Daly? Like, this guy sucks. Why can't we get more videos of Elio, Dixon, and Bourdais? And I was like, well, you named three of the oldest people and one of them doesn't even drive an IndyCar. And I was like, man, look, if you're going to come back with that, like, first of all, you got to realize that there is a lot of social content about Elio. There is a lot of social content about Dixon because they're the best. Like, there's four-time Indy 500 champion. There's a six-time Indy 500 champion. But you can't be throwing shade if you're going to name IndyCar drivers that aren't even IndyCar drivers anymore. I read another comment, too, that said you got to include Hunter Ray, Sato, and Bourdais as well. And it's like, well, that's, again, three people that are not full-time in IndyCar. Two drivers that aren't even in the series anymore. It's like, man, if you're going to, look, I understand there's a lot of people that hate people on the internet because it's a it's a disgusting world out there. But let's, you know, if you're going to go at someone, let's go at them with with um at least relevant information. So, normally people that throw hate don't actually know what they're talking about anyway, but I just thought that was funny. 
I went to this person's profile and there's like literally four different screenshots, like grainy screenshots of, of IndyCar's posts about me. And I was like, well, that's not a lot of posts, first of all. And, um, and he said that he didn't like my Pokemon helmet either because man, wow. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's a fan favorite. I'm not gonna lie. This guy's way. He said that I could have Instead of, I read the caption, I, I get deep into the internet. I will research everything. I can tell. <laughs> uh, the hate. He said that if I, uh, I'm a child for, for, for posting that uh, I have a Pokemon helmet, this is absurd. I could have uh, paid homage to other uh, fellow countrymen, uh, Eddie Irvine or Eddie Jordan, as if I was, I mean, I am Irish, but like, I was like, so you think that me randomly an american indycar driver is going to do a helmet um like for eddie irvine or eddie jordan i was like i i don't understand that in the slightest and again i love those guys eddie jordan great guy eddie irvine you know great driver right but uh it's just hilarious that, that's just one one internet internet hilarious uh disgusting commenter of the day uh if you're gonna do that which again i see all the time i block people every day it's my favorite thing to do um Maybe we'll make that, that a new segment in the future. Who knows? Who did we block today? Yeah, we should yeah, actually who we do that. Today? Yeah. We should make a segment of who did we block today. If you like that idea, please let us know. Let us we'll know. start screenshotting comments. you see anything good that we got to look at? Yes. Yeah, because I even, saw someone, I even saw someone tweet us the other day that said, we got to get rid of Joey. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They were saying this, that, or whatever. And I was like, I almost wanted to throw hands for our, our pal Joey. I was <laughs> I, like, I, that's, that's ridiculous. So again, we see it all the time. And- you got to realize that we we read it and it's annoying. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, anything else, Ben? What do you think? We got anything else to hit up after uh, after the weekend of you know the the week of motor racing? I think that is everything. Uh, next race for you is Texas. Yeah, we're uh, my next race is actually a NASCAR Cup race in Coda. So uh, you'll be cheered on the fifty car. Uh, we're gonna get after it. Uh, fingers crossed for the rear view camera. We're gonna yep, vote for yep. that. Um, Obviously, there's going to be less downforce in the cup cars on road courses. No stage racing at road courses now. So, yep. hopefully, that'll be good for us. Who knows what's going to happen there? Hopefully, it doesn't just drag on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, excited for that experience. I love Coda. I love the city of Austin. I uh, love the track. So, yeah, that's my next race. End of March at Coda. It'll be part of the uh, Texas two-step, uh, which is basically me doing... Uh, the Texas race in NASCAR, um, well, the Coda race in NASCAR and the bitnow.com Chevrolet. And then the weekend after, boom, IndyCar, April 2nd Perfect. weekend uh, in Texas, Texas Motor Speedway. Hopefully it's going to go great. We have more downforce that weekend. So hopefully we can, uh, you know, put on a better race for everyone. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, and again, bitnow.com has launched. Um, and it's an awesome website, honestly. It's very, very cool. If you guys haven't signed up, please do. It's super simple to use, honestly. Create an avatar. Ben, I got to get you to get on there and create sure, an avatar. Absolutely. My avatar yeah. looks great. I'm not going to lie. We're running around there. Todd, Todd Alt, my, you know, my, my sponsor, he's giving, you know, they're giving away money in the, in, in that, in the website. You can use it on any browser. Uh, it's, it's really cool. I'm not going to lie. You could even meet me in there. Like, well, it's just basically the metaverse since it's, we'll fun. do a little speed street meetup or something. We can do a get speed street meetup in yeah. the metaverse. Exactly. Um, it's just fun to fun to use, honestly. So get in there. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming every week. Uh, there's cars you can drive, things you can do in there. So it's just fun. Feel free to check it out. Um, so yeah, we can get right out now, now that we've covered everything, 
And I appreciate you guys dealing with my terrible voice. Hopefully people enjoyed this conversation today. I think we got into a lot of great stuff. Um, but we get to the, uh, you know, one of my favorite sections. And again, I had a couple people in, uh, in St. Pete say that they love the random Indy 500 driver of the week, the Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week. Um, I even met someone who, I guess one of our, uh, one of our random Indy 500 drivers, I think it was Al LaCosta or something. He said, oh yeah, like I know his like cousin or something. And I was like, oh wow, like that's oh, hilarious. And they, yeah. they love that we said it. So again, we're trying to pay, you know, pay homage to, uh, pay respect to, uh, you know, all those that have competed in the, you know, the greatest race in the entire history of the world. Um, so this week we went with the 1957 Indy 500. I, I have, we have not picked the 1957 year yet. Uh, 1957 was won by Sam Hanks. Uh, Sam Hanks won that year. Uh, a lot of names that we do know in this, but a lot of names that you might not know. I went with the 29th place finisher, Ed Elysian, or Ed Elysian, or Ed Elysian, who knows? I don't know how to pronounce that name, but uh, Ed Elysian looks like he was a veteran of one, two, three, four, five Indy 500s. Um, started second in 1958 on the front row, uh, but sadly was not able to finish that race, crashed in turn three. Uh, looks like Ed was born in 1926. Uh, American race car driver, died in a crash at the Milwaukee Mile. Very sad. Milwaukee Mile, great racetrack. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in the 1955 Indy Ops 500, again, we'll read this purely off of Wikipedia, so we have no idea if this is real or information or not. Could be completely wrong. Uh, 1955 Indianapolis 500, he stopped his car in a futile attempt to help Bill Vukovic when Vukovic's car crashed and burned during the race. He is one of only two drivers in Indy 500 history to stop a non-damaged car to help another driver, the other being Gary Bettenhausen in 1971. Uh, he received a sportsmanship award for his efforts as well as as well as the wrath of the car owner. Sorry. <laughs> That's a Wikipedia throwing in some humor there too. But wow, Ed apparently was a great guy trying to save a fellow driver. You got to respect that as well. Um, and uh, and yeah, sadly was killed at the uh, at the Milwaukee Mile. So um, you know what? R.I.P. to uh, to Ed Elisian or Elasian or Elisian. I don't know. Elisian. Elisian. I think Elisian sounds right. Yeah. And so yeah. Crash on lap 29 of the Milwaukee Mile race, uh, 1959, August. Uh, spun in oil from A.J. Foyt's engine. Wow, that's that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, not great. But uh, we got to respect those that have raced in the 500, and so we appreciate you guys uh, following along with us. What do you think of that one? I like it. Uh, it also says here that he was suspended in September of 1958 for uh, passing fraudulent checks, among other things. Oh, no. So Ed, Ed was... Uh, <laughs> Playing with a lot of it, so a know. hustler, a hustler. Well, yeah. Anyway, also, if you guys want, before we get out of here, I, I'm currently wearing a Speed Street uh, T-shirt. Please help us in emptying the shelves of these Speed Street shirts. They're great shirts, honestly, very mm -hmm. comfortable, very high quality. Um, and thank you guys, as always, for listening. Please like, uh, give us some stars. However, you want to rate us, leave some comments. Uh, tell your friends about the show. 
Uh, this show is only going to grow bigger and bigger this year, we hope. We appreciate those folks that engage with us, that listen. Uh, I'm going to be bringing more stickers to the Coda race, to the uh, to the next couple races in general for IndyCar as well. Um, so please be a friend and tell a friend about IndyCar racing, tell a friend about motor racing in general. Uh, we appreciate everyone. And again, we'll see you next week uh, on Speed Street. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have Joey back next week as well. A brand new episode of Door Bumper Clear is out now. Head over and don't forget to follow the show so you get notified as soon as a new episode drops. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.